0: Welcome back to Beers Up Sports Talk. Sibo in the house, Debo in the house. Let's get into it. What are you drinking, D?
1: You know, I, I'm. I,
0: mean, I got the beach gear on the
1: the waves. I got the the whale shirt from Fenwick Island, and this mm-hmm. was the uh, the beachiest drink I had in the house. I went back to that mule kick. You know, it's light, it's flavorful. Drunken Rabbit. So on there, just trying to. I'm I'm ready for vacation, man. I want to get I want to get to the beach. I want to go swimming. I want to go ride the waves and. Drink some beers on the beach, so we're. In well, that- it is.
0: I mean, it is school vacation next week, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you, you heading out to you heading out to the beach? You never know.
1: I mean, maybe do it right in the
0: in the snow. Get some ride some uh, snow waves. Get a wetsuit, and it'll be nice and warm. There it is. That's what I'm talking about. And I am, I'm drinking that hanger beer, bro. I got Amherst Brewing Company. I got Juliet. Love it. It is. I mean, Beautiful. the color's great. Taste yep. is great. No, I. I you can you can choose that. from any any one of the ladies. For for, for Amherst Brewing,
1: I, I agree. Some,
0: I'm not sure you know. why,
1: but you know, I'm not a big fan of the Britney one. But you know,
0: oh, speaking of Britney, let's just go on a tangent. Have you seen the documentary? I have
1: not seen the documentary yet. I, I, I it's on there, so it's definitely something we're going to watch. We, we've kind of uh, we've gotten sucked into Superstore, um,
0: so mm-hmm. we're I highly recommend it. Watched it last night. Hashtag free Britney. It's Britney bitch. Get that woman out of from under her dad. All right. I look forward to. Let's move on. Let's get to the Super Bowl. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are your Super Bowl. Well, you picked them. I did. Are your Super Bowl champions? champions. Are your Super Bowl champions? That game wasn't that fun. Nope. Um. Shout out to Brady for winning his seventh ring. He certainly got it in yesterday on the boat he did um, I thought he played better than anticipated but um the only MVP of that game is that Tampa Bay defense that defense was ridiculous
1: what they say they said that from time of getting snapped to letting the ball go on all of his throws and getting pressured he ran Mahomes that is ran for 497 yards behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> Is that, a, is that insane or what? I mean, this time, I mean, he was running for his life. They said it was like 38 pressures in a game. And now remember, we talked about Green Bay and how they couldn't stop the defense. Like, I mean, he was getting pressured and that's part of why he didn't go for that run because he thought he was going to get sacked, so he threw it. Like, it's a legit thing. If you're getting pressured, you're going to struggle. What happened to Brady? Brady, in the first half of the Packers game, clean pockets, was throwing touchdowns, and then second half, he started throwing picks. He didn't get. What did he get? Rushed like four times the whole the whole game, like that was crazy. And the one he did, you know, he threw a pick, but it was there was a penalty on a. You know, I don't know if I agree with it. And you know, and you know, there are some calls that I wish were called in the Packers game. But it, it, again, not blaming the refs, but just you, the inconsistencies from game to game is is just crazy. But yeah, yeah. you gotta give it up for that
0: Tampa defense, man this this is this was my list of things i i i I, in no particular order that tampa bay d that chiefs offensive line that was clearly banged up i mean i think they lost two starters the week before against buffalo and they they weren't able to 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 contain that pass rush the drop passes were ridiculous on the chiefs just i I mean and again a couple but and i and i think They're maybe not as bad as I want to say they are, but because the Chiefs don't ever seem to drop passes, to see Kelsey dropping passes, to see balls right in people's hands and get Mm -hmm. dropped, just you know, you you're like, oh look at you know, Mahomes just made a great play. He's just going to chuck it downfield. Oh, Kelsey's right there. Oh, wait, he dropped it. That never happens. The phantom penalties. I'm I'm not blame to your point. I'm not going to blame the game on a couple of penalties. But those were some big penalties. And through the first half of the game, the ratio penalties was not even close. It was something right. like 9-1 to one or some crazy stuff like that. And the other thing I'll say, which is probably the, the smallest piece of this, but I think can't be understated given how much pressure Tampa Bay is giving, is the turf toe injury that Mahomes had. Yes, it's, I'm not assigning blame, but he clearly couldn't move and he clearly didn't feel comfortable stepping up into the pocket and part of that i think is obviously the pressure cuz his first step was always back and taken off but he was he was limping out there but the other thing i'm going to say where was the kansas city adjustment it's yeah. the super bowl even at halftime it didn't really look good but they weren't that far behind nope. they were getting the ball back absolutely no adjustment it's almost like they just said we're just going to keep doing this cuz eventually it's going to click. Now, don't get me wrong. It's always clicked. For if, since Mahomes has taken over, it's always clicked. And so, I can't I can't be mad at them for doing that, but like it's just mind numbing that at some point Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy just didn't say like, "Okay, let's let's go to the short routes. Or let's get the ball out to, quick
1: or bring in a second tight end and do a chip block or just ha- Right. You know, block six with uh, yeah, block four with six instead of with five. I mean, right. it was very clear that they could not handle it. Um, no, I agree, and and it looked like they were definitely out coached. Todd Bowles coached a, a fantastic defensive game, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, th- I you got to give um, and I'm blanking on the the Bucks. Um, oh, Byron Leftwich, yeah, he yeah, he, he didn't do anything crazy, but one thing you got to talk, you got to look at is and I'm going to talk about this a little bit when we get to the NFL awards is Tampa Bay went for it. Right. I mean, who caught con- who, every single person that scored a touchdown in that game was not on the team last year. Antonio mm-hmm. Brown, Bronc two and Fournette like they went right. For it. And Mike, you know, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones, they got their rings and they're happy. They're, they're like, yeah, would they have liked to have scored in the Super Bowl? Of course. But, Like, it's like Brady was like, yeah, I'm I'm just going to only, not only throw, but you know what I mean? I'm just like Gronk is my guy in the end zone in the Super Bowl. I'm just going to make that happen and just say, I can do whatever I want when I want. But you just got to stack it up. And I mean, and, and you know, again, we'll talk about that later, but I think what they did was it's going to be something you're going to be seeing for a couple of teams.
0: I mean, at least you hope so. I agree. Like, I think the idea of going for it, going all in when you have – especially in this day and age when you have a quarterback like brady or you have kind of a superstar quarterback again now it's tough right like you gotta have to be fair that team sure all the touchdowns were scored by people that weren't on the team last year but there's a lot of really good talent that was already on that team of course
1: no i i agree like they could have went to the super bowl without gronk and antonio brown like that that's right very like that's a very honest opinion like they had enough firepower to do it without them. It just, they guarantee, almost guaranteed it by saying, if someone gets hurt, I still have Brown, I still have Gronk to back up Brady. Yeah,
0: yeah I, and well, I get I, that. Like, I, I I, just, like, it can't be lost on the fact that that team was stacked. Like, Brady didn't join a team that needed a lot of help. Now, he's a, a, a phenomenal quarterback, maybe one of the best to ever do it, but, like, he was joining a team that was supposed to be really good with Jameis Winston as the quarterback, right? And so him coming in, and yes, you add Fournette, who just happens to get cut at the beginning of the year. You add Gronk, who has retired and, and comes back. You add AB, who ain't a great human being, but just happens to be out there, right? Like all of these things kind of work out really nicely for him. And all three of those people had to take, well, I guess Gronk, not really, but like Fournette and AB had to take less money than they probably would have got somewhere else. But again, to your point, if you're chasing rings, you're going to take less money. I know Mike Evans has already said he'll restructure his contract. A lot of those guys are going to come back for less money. I, word on the streets: Godwin might be gone, but I get that. Like, the reality is, if you want to go all in and you have a quarterback, you should because winning a Super Bowl is it. That's it. And yeah, this talk that like Kansas City would be better—they're already favorites to win next year. Yep. But they had a chance to go back to back, and they just didn't show up in that game
1: yeah no I, I agree and you know it was part of the it's hard to go back to back but I didn't expect that to be 31-9 I expected that to be you know both teams up in the in the at least the upper yeah 20,
0: but. I think that I think though though no one will ever I mean people have said it though no one will ever admit to it I think that offensive line being decimated over the last couple of weeks had a lot to do with it I mean they lost some like all pro type guys on that offensive line and and that Tampa Bay defense that front four was just all consuming all consuming they're tough man all right let's move on to the nfl awards end of the season celebration let's get into the big one because it's your man mvp of, of this of this nfl season aaron Rodgers. i know you've been riding him all year i was in and out i went with some other folks from time to time you feel good about this
1: I think it, it's great. You know, it's disappointing that the you know they didn't at least get to the Super Bowl. Um, I think he did have a great year. Um, Josh Allen equally deserving. Patrick Mahomes equally deserving. Like they both had. They all three of them had great, great seasons. Like it, it's insane. Um, he took 44 of the 50 votes home, so it was it was very unanimous, which was great. Um, and uh, you know, what I'm going to say is back to the going in now. Last year, when we were talking about the Packers, we said, or I said, we need more weapons. I'm past that. Like, I believe the MVS is, like seeing what they could do. MVS is good. Lazard's good. We have a tight end now. Um, They had three running backs. Now they have to figure out which one they're going to sign, if they're going to re-sign anyone. Um, But Tampa Bay just proved it. You got to go out. You go get the best players available that you can get. And, you know, people are saying that, um certain players may want to start looking to chase rings and this is a good team to do that with um right uh so it, it's going to be interesting rogers you know maybe maybe he makes a run at number four next year and i I wouldn't be surprised if he did he looked that no good. and
0: i think i if if i'm rogers that's exactly what i'm saying to the front office like why are we not chasing rings like your your kansas city setup there everybody's going to be on that chasing that chasing rings with that team for as long as they can. Right. As long as Tampa Bay has Tom Brady, they're going to be chasing rings and there's other good teams out there that are going to start to do this to your point. If you can get to a point where your quarterback can lead you to a 12, 13 win season, like let's load up and see what can happen.
1: Yeah. And, and you um a guy I follow on an Instagram, he, he showed the different um, what's it called? The different contracts that can be restructured this year. If, if, they want to chase a ring instead of, cause you know, they're, they're really tight on the cap because it's going to be a lower cap this next year. So there's right. going to have to be some restructuring and maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but if they want to, they're going to have to, they're going to have to do something. And, and, you know, the, the office did come out and say, I think it's time to do that. So I did hear it, you know, so hopefully they'll. You
0: know, well, yeah. you know, that's great. It's just frustrating that they, 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 they kind did. of blew an opportunity to do this year and they maybe did. even to some extent they last, last year. Did
1: what five years now, six years, mm-hmm. seven years.
0: Mhm. All right. All right. Offensive player of the year. No surprise here. Derrick Henry over 2,100 total yards, almost 400 touches. A million people run over in the season. I, you know, running backs have a short shelf life, but like the last couple of seasons have been incredible to watch with him.
1: Yeah. It, it's he's an absolute monster. Like <laughs> I could I can't believe he didn't get more opportunity. Um, prior to this like I mean, was it like the last two years so three last three years really has been his his swan song he you know he was not number one on the depth chart which is crazy because he just like what he's doing now is, is insane um and right. it's funny because what, what was it three weeks left in the season i was like is he going to get to that 2000 and you were like no nah. right. and then i was like yeah, I think he will. And then after the next week, I was like, no, he won't. And then and then he went bananas 30. Right. Right.
0: So, right. The, guy,
1: the, the end of the year is his is, is, is when he shows out because it's it's going right. to be his ball. Tennessee is a, a run first team as, as good as A.J. Brown is and as consistent as Tannehill has been. This is Henry's team until it's until he breaks down.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Good on him. All right, defensive player of the year, no surprise here. Three out of the last 4 years, Aaron Donald, he's a monster. He is he's like what I'm um, like I, I this is the this is something that just came to mind because he and Donald Kinsu was supposed to be that all-encompassing defensive lineman and then he became like a little bit of a pansy, started hitting everybody and has turned in a pretty good career. But, like, Aaron Donald is exactly what Sue was supposed to be yep. and maybe even better. Like, he's just – there's no reason a guy his size should be able to move like he can.
1: No, I, I, I do 100% agree with you. And, I, you know, I, first I was like, hmm, I need to look at something. So, I looked at uh, uh, Zendarius Smith's stats, and they're very similar, almost, almost identical. The difference is Donald is getting double and triple teamed on most, you know, most play calls. Right. And Zedarius is not like it, there's a, there's a <laughs> big difference in what Donald is doing. Like, I was like, I'm surprised Zadarius Smith didn't get as many votes as he could have. And then, you know, just really thinking about it and saying, no, he he, he deserves it. Um, you know, the guy's an absolute monster. He was hurt for the last, you know, the two playoff games that they were in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't full bore, but, you know, he was still he still was pretty, pretty dominant. Even yeah,
0: he's he's ridiculous. Let's move to offensive rookie of the year. My guy, my man, Justin Hebert. Most touchdowns I prefer a rookie. I, I think I said it from the jump. What do you think?
1: Oh, so, yeah, you. I mean, you even you even picked um, I almost said San Diego. You almost picked the Chargers. You picked the Chargers to actually draft him. And I, I didn't think that was going to happen. Um that's my man. Apparently, there you go. This. Let's be honest. If Burrow doesn't get hurt, he probably throws more touchdowns than Hebert. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with what, what 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 he did. I think it's it's absolutely the right call. Justin Jefferson was pretty close. He had a great, great, great first year that looked not on par, but pretty darn close to being on par with Randy Moss's rookie year. So. You know, but Hebert, man, he, he, I don't know how they didn't win more games with how good he played. He never, yeah, started, I, he, he started struggling towards the end of the season after he shaved and cut his hair. To cut it. his
0: hair. No, Yo, you know what? The, the thing about Hebert is he kind of won the award after everybody kind of fell off. I know Je- Jefferson never really fell off, but Jefferson took a little bit longer to get going. You're right. Burrow and even James Robinson, who had that great start to the season, kind of faded toward the end. Uh, but that's just because Jacksonville's god awful. Yeah. Um. But Hebert. Yeah. I mean, in a in a normal year, in a in a year where their coach isn't making bad decision after bad decision, yeah, they might they might win nine games. They might win ten games. And and because he he did enough in a lot of those games to be successful.
1: Yeah, it's it. He, it should be a fun year next year if uh, Keenan Allen gets healthy again and Mike Williams comes back healthy. Uh, it could be a fun team to watch.
0: Well, right. And you're talking about a full year of Eckler. I mean, he wasn't there the whole year. I mean, you just think about the things that he had to navigate pretty impressive. All right. Defensive player of the year. Again, no surprise here. No surprise. The top defense uh, defensive player taken in the draft an absolute monster on the field running around like a damn safety playing like the defensive line position chase young.
1: I mean, this is what they expected um, Jadavian Clowney to play like his whole career. Right. I mean, after that one hit Clowney put on that Michigan running back, they kind of expected yep. Chase, you know, him to do that. And Chase Young, he, you know, that's that's a man's man right there. He, he <laughs> you know, everyone wants to be a beast, but he he lives it. Like, and he's not afraid. Like we talked about it in the playoffs. He, he wasn't afraid to say, I want Tom Brady. That's what you're supposed to say. It. You're supposed mm-hmm. to say, I want him. Now he didn't have a great game because once he said that they were like, yeah, he's not going to do it, but you got to put yourself out there. And I mean, this guy, this kid stays healthy. He's going to, he's going to be putting up some really good numbers. and I would be surprised when he wins the defensive player of the year.
0: Well, and and the other thing is I'm going to, you know, obviously he's a, he's a monster player. He was a monster player in in college, but it helps that he's got a good coach, good culture there in, in Washington. You know, he comes in under any other regime. I don't know that he's, he's, the player he is, just because I think I think that does matter. Like obviously he's going to come in and play hard, but I think I think he's in a, in the right place with the right coach, and, and yeah, he's going to have a great career. All yeah. right, last one or second to last, or we you, you got something else? Oh no, I was just saying no, I agree. All right, let's just stay right there in Washington. Let's talk about comeback player of the year. I mean, this there's there's probably other people you could consider for this, but no one else deserves it because no one else came back from a leg a broken leg that almost killed them.
1: Yeah, and that's I
0: mean, that's Alex Smith.
1: And he, I mean, I've seen the little special on him and what they've had to do, what he has to go through before every game just to make sure he's all right. And obviously, we we started to see those issues towards the end of the season. That you know, mm-hmm. even though he came back, it's still there. I mean, right now, you know, there's a chance they bring him back and he's their quarterback because they're they're not going to find anything. Now, granted, they might draft someone, but you're probably not starting them. They resign. Yeah, That sounds good. Sounds delicious. Yeah. So, I mean, you got, I mean, no matter what happens, I wouldn't even be mad if they named this after him, right? The Alex Smith comeback award because he could have gave up and said, I just want to live my life. And he said, no, I just want to prove to people that even if you have this huge setback, you can come back from it and let's make it happen.
0: Yeah. And the reality is he kind of got thrown into the fire, right? Like he probably wasn't expecting to play all that much this year and, and then found himself, Thrusting in the starting starting role and and clearly just kind of got worn down you know you come back from that kind of injury and you you jump right back into it as soon as you're able to there's a good chance you're going to get run down I'm glad he didn't sustain any more injuries I'm hopeful that he can continue to play next year I don't know if the Washington football team should should roll with him just because I think I think they'd be better served going in a different direction but I don't know what direction that is but good on Alex Smith for being back and, and being the comeback player of the year
1: can I just say one thing? And this doesn't have nothing to do with the award, but just like, I thought like, the toughest game that Brady had, or the, the the Bucks had, was against this Washington football team with Heineke as yeah. as their as the um, quarterback. Like, yep, team was literally a one possession game going towards the end of the game until uh yep. didn't score that touch. Like, it's insane to think that the Packers, the Saints. And the Chiefs couldn't finish this, this team off. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, last one, Coach of the Year. Kevin Stefanski, Cleveland Browns. He finally kind of breaks the Brown curse. He gets them to the playoffs. Baker Mayfield kind of reaches his potential. That team's got a lot of weapons, a lot of success in the future. I, I mean, there's a, some other coaches that could have got it, but I think it's it's rightly deserved.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And when you when you break that um, break that curse, you, you kind of get thrust into that. I mean, when you you haven't won a playoff game, haven't been to the playoffs, you get to the playoffs, and you haven't won a playoff game, and even longer, it's, it's insane. Um, you know, and he did it with Odell going down. Like he, he mm-hmm. got the team, like the team could have fell apart. Now, granted, they weren't doing great when he was like. Nope, maybe. When he went down, the whole the whole dynamic changed. I mean, I, I would assume not, but um, it's something to be watching next year when Odell's back and see how the team...
0: You're plays. being very nice. Yes, they got much better once Odell left. Once OBJ got out of that team and his little attitude left, they, they kind of came together and got it done and good on Kevin Stefanski. Don't you try to sugarcoat it. Um, shout out to the Bills Mafia people who were... Kind of, kind of going in on Kevin Stefanski saying that Sean McDermott should have been coach of the year. He did a great job, but what he's been building over the last three or four years, one, he doesn't need to be coach of the year, and two, Stefanski deserves it for that the turnaround of that team. And again, they were talented already, but he put it all together this year, so good on him. No doubt. All right, let's jump over to the Major League Baseball world. Spring training only about a week away, which is crazy. Team's about to head down to Florida start playing baseball again. Let's talk about a couple of the deals, a couple of the trades that just went down. We're going to start close to home last night. Andrew Benatendi, once the top prospect in the Red Sox organization, traded to the Royals for a couple of guys who probably will be average baseball players. A couple of players to be named later that will probably be nobody's.
1: Thoughts? I'm just uh, sad. Uh, right just now, sad. I'm- Right now I'm going to I'm going to clip that soundbite so when both of the players that they traded for blow up we can play it for them. No, I mean
0: I mean it's, <laughs> this is a money move, right? They save about 1.2 million. It, I I think this is the the new VP yeah, Bloom. Is. I think this is just him moving players, getting some depth in the, in the minor leagues, trying to build this roster in his, in his vision. And while Benatendi is a very good player, not very good last year, but very good in in recent years, came in second in the rookie of the year voting his rookie year. I just, maybe he didn't think that he, he was going to be a value to team again, at three and a half million dollars. It seems like a lot of good value. Yeah. I don't think it's a money thing. I think it's just a roster thing for them, honestly.
1: What is what what's um, the Red Sox field gonna look like now?
0: So you got this this Frenchie guy, you got um, Verdugo. Verdugo, you got Kike Hernandez, and what's his face I'm missing from uh, that they picked up from San Diego via Tampa Bay. Oh. He's he and there's a good chance that he's gonna platoon with with this Frenchie guy, it's all right. I mean, it, it's still going to be okay. I was, you know, I was texting with some guys today. I think that this is still a team that wins more games than they lose. Um, but I think that the other part of it is that they're going to have a lot of financial flexibility in the next couple of years and hopefully they reinvested in the right way.
1: Yeah. That sounds good.
0: All right. Let's move to Trevor Bauer. Three years, 102 million. No. <sighs> That's a lot of money. Yep, He signs with the Dodgers. It's down to him. It's down to the Dodgers and the Mets. The Mets like him offer him more money. LA. I like him going to L.A. His big thing was, can I build my social media presence? Is this team committed to data analysis, sabermetrics? Obviously, the Dodgers are big into that. And he's a SoCal guy, so he's kind of going home. That pitching staff is... Banana
1: Land, borderline insane. I mean, David Price just got a year off to heal. and he's your number five. Yeah, uh, basically. I, so I was reading. This uh, is. Oh, go ahead. Go
0: ahead.
1: I was reading the ESPN article about the top um, rotations in uh, in baseball, and obviously they're number one. And you know, I was all excited about the Braves rotation number six nice nice number six but it's not close like looking no. at the numbers and the analytics it's it's not even close and i mean they can pick and choose who they want to start game one of any series mm-hmm. they don't it doesn't matter it that team is stacked watching them go against san diego is gonna be absolutely amazing i'm hoping that san diego does not take any steps back because they're a young team that's you know that's the concern right that they're gonna be
0: well, but they're also, I, I, I'm just, I keep, I, I'm thinking about you talking about going all in, right? Like this is the Dodgers continuing to go all in, right? So like they've got Kershaw signed, they got Betts signed. They, now they got Bauer for three years. They re-signed Walker Bueller for, you know, two years of his arbitration years. So you basically figure they got a two or three year window that they know right now, we're all in. And again, they've been all in, they're World Series champions, but like, let's keep going on. And I would say to the Padres, maybe they take a step back, but they're they're much younger and even with all that, those additions, like they're still a pretty young team. And I, I think they see their window is in four or five years. Again, they, obviously they want to win now. The Dodgers seem primed to just go for it year after year from this point forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the their offense lost Pederson, and they're going, you know, it doesn't seem like they're going to resign Jeff Turner. So they have a, you know a few things they have to do offensively, but I mean, it's still a good lineup, but I yeah. mean, you don't have to score as many runs when you when you're throwing a pitching staff out like that.
0: No, no, um, would have been great for the Mets who've been spending a lot of money or trying to spend a lot of money, uh, and we're going to talk about them in a minute. I mean, um, I mean, but they, I'm sure you're,
1: no, go ahead. I'm sure you're glad not to have him in the East. Oh, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I mean, the Mets—they did their thing. They traded for Lindor. It's, it's, I mean, that's they're projected right now to win the win the NL East.
0: I mean that's a great move for them. I mean they gave up four players, but they didn't have to give up their top prospects. They gave up a couple of top ten guys. Rosario, who's their who's been their shortstop. I mean Lindor is an MVP candidate every year. He's going to get a big deal for them. But again, they've got their shortstop. They're kind of like their standalone offensive player for the future, and they can build around them.
1: Yeah, it's it's that's a that's gonna be a tough tough out there for that for. A lot of the NL East, I think uh, you're going to see, and again, not going to be a runaway division for anyone.
0: Well, and that's another rotation that if they're healthy, good Lord, yes. they can go. Yep. I they agree. can go. Thankfully, let's stay I mean, in that. Oh, I was going to say, let's stay in the NL East. Let's talk about your boys. They re-signed Marcelo we talked, Zuna.
1: We talked about I'm gonna, We talked about Morton for the pitching staff. So, you know, good pitching staff, like Anderson. Soroka and um, Max Freed, but then, you know, they go out and made sure they, they re-signed Ozuna. I, I, I said that was a, going to be a huge deal. I think at one point you th- didn't think he was going to stay um, right now. The only thing I'm worried about is there's no universal DH. He's going to have to play yeah. the field. I'm hoping that changes, but cause you know, so right now you're looking at Akuna, Pache and Ozuna. I don't know if I really want Ozuna out there. But you know, we'll, we'll, you know, I'll take his bat back in the field and his his absolute fun in the clubhouse.
0: Well, you figure, I mean, first of all, I, I mean, for four years, sixty-four million, I feel like it's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you figure the universal DH comes along at some point, but also there's a bunch of interleague games where he's going to be the DH, right? So, like, yeah. you know, he's going right to that spot the minute the minute they have an away game against an AL team. I mean, you you. I just feel like the Braves couldn't just say like, "No, nah, we're not going to do this." Even though we're this close. Like, this isn't necessarily going all in, which seems to be the theme of this show, but like no. it's not going all in, but to your point, you sign Morton, you sign Ozuna, you kind of commit to the idea that we're a playoff team and we want to get better.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if they went out and somehow snuck Jeff Turner, put him at third over Carmago uh, and that
0: player. Hey, 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 can you just start calling him by his real name Justin Turner? What did I say? Jeff Turner. I, I called him Justin the first time, right? No, you did You called him Jeff. I let it slide. But I can't, okay. I can't let you do it twice. Fool! Hey, listen, man. Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me whatever. I'm calling you out. Yes, but no, I think that would be a great move. I actually think that would be smart. I mean, it's going to cost some money. Maybe you can get him on a one-year deal right. for like a little bit more than normal. But like that, I mean, that would be a great addition. I
1: mean, they've done that with Donaldson and they've done that with Ozuna. And right. if he if he stay, if he loves it and wants to stay then they can sign him like they did with Ozuna. So right.
0: I think it would be good it would be something good. All right, let's talk about one last big money signing. George Springer, 6 years, buck 50. And you know, I seems to be that the, the country ain't doing that well, but George Springer doing mighty well, 150 yeah. million. Now again, signed by Toronto, so maybe maybe it's that Canadian money. Um the Blue Jays are kind of all in. Yeah. Now, not all all in, but they've been stacking chips for the last couple of years. That's this good. is a team that, that could be pretty good this year. I, I, I think
1: so. I mean, they got, we got that young core that we, you know, we were kind of raved about that we were looking forward to watching. I mean, Vlad Jr. is just money. And, you know, this it, it's can, can they get the pitching this year? I think that's what, yep. what the you know, you're talking about the Red Sox. You're talking about Tampa. You're talking about the Yankees. And Now, Toronto's put themselves in a in a little bit of a chance to make a run. Now, I mean, the Yankees are probably. I know you're going to hate me, but the Yankees are probably the favorite to win that division. If you're talking, no, team. I was
0: going to. You you forgot to mention a, a good team in the AL East. You forgot to mention o- Orioles.
1: Well, see, I was talking about good teams, so that's why I didn't bring up the Orioles. Like my bad, know, Baltimore. My bad. My bad. No, you're good. So, I mean, you know, hey, Springer's going to add that. Is going to make that offense a little bit better. Um, good for them. I mean, say uh, we're going to go in, like they, they
0: need yeah. that robot. So see what happens. It's, you know, what's interesting. And we're going to talk about this one last signing before we get to it. You've got, I, I'm, I'm going to pull the Red Sox out. Cause I don't think that they can compete this year with the Yankees, the Rays and, and the Blue Jays, but you look at the AL East and the NL East. Um, and, and these A lot of these teams in these divisions are kind of, pretty well stacked and and the last deal we're going to talk about is kyle schwarber signing just a one-year 10 million dollar deal with the nationals but like that's another team that like should be really good this year
1: yeah you know and like they were down last year they weren't as good as you know you pretty you thought they'd win the division they didn't have as good a year um i mean that's i mean he's he's you know he's only a 230 career hitter so it's not like they're getting this 300 hitter 40 home runs like he does need to get his, his average back up, but um, he he's <laughs> promise that he is yeah. pretty good at, at bat. So he's just got to maybe the change of scenery, you know, will help him out a little bit. We'll see what happens. The fact fact that I didn't even so I was looking at their their lineup, I didn't realize they got Lester too.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
1: Because they, because I, I was no no, it was the article that I read. They were above the Braves, and I was like, why are they above the Braves? And then I was like, oh, Scherzer and. Strasburg and was it Corbin and
0: And Lester
1: and Lester. And I was like, Oh my God, he's their fourth.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he's an old guy, but he's going to give him tons of innings. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. Baseball's here, folks. Get ready. It's about to be on. All right. Let's move to the NHL. I want to give you some space to talk about the Boston Bruins. We haven't talked much hockey but this team is off to a kind of ridiculous start. One loss, two overtime loss, but one loss. One, one, one regular time loss, yep. Second most points in the NHL behind the, the Maple Leafs, who are just banana land right now. Yep. Um, goal differential 13, which this early in the season is kind of ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I think, the, uh, I think only Tampa Bay has a higher – and they're at like 22, by the way. Which yeah, is really
0: yeah. Insane. So – you know, you lose your captain. People say it's going to be a big deal. They seem to have just kind of kept it. kept it. I feel like they're right back where they were at when 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 COVID hit last year. So I mean, yes, they they lost Chara. They also lost
1: Tori Crew, right? Which is, I think, there was a like their third best defenseman. So they lost two top four defensemen off right. uh, off that team. And their goal differential is fantastic. Rask is playing great. Um, Halak is playing fantastic. Like it's kind of ridiculous what this Boston team is doing. And think about this: they've only they've played twenty games or nineteen games, and they've only had Pasternak for five of them. They've only mm-hmm. had Greslik for six of them, and they've only had DeBrusque for seven. This is a team that, if they have a goaltender play the whole season, they're probably going to make a deep run and make and make a run at the at the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, I watched. Uh, a three-on-three overtime for the first time the other night. It was the most insane. It's amazing. It was the most insane thing. Like if if there's going to be a goal scored in the first minute of almost every overtime, I think that's yes. it's it's absolutely crazy. Like I wish they
0: did like the second period. They just went three-on-three the whole time. <laughs> I feel like it would just be incredible. First of all, you could only play like twenty-second shifts because you'd be exhausted. Yeah. But like that would be insane. But no, three-on-three overtime is phenomenal. <laughs> And to your point, it gives them an opportunity to kind of get the game over quickly, and you know it's end-to-end action nonstop. Let's move on to last call presented by Progression Brewery. D, you're up first, man. What you got? Oh, man. So
1: um, one last call I talked about, oh, we are really excited about – oh, I'm really excited about the UMass Minutemen basketball team going out there and, you know, Trey Mitchell possibly winning the player of the year for the NCAA – um, you know, they, you know, they, they're six and two in the eight, 10. Unfortunately, they're on a pause right now. Four games have been canceled. Four games have been postponed. So you're talking about eight games are missing. You know, it's kind of sad that this team has, you know, Trey Mitchell has missed multiple games. Noah Fernandez has missed m- multiple games. Colton Mitchell has missed most of the season and they're playing pretty hard. They, they, you know, there's a couple games that they shouldn't have lost that they did, but man, this team it's disappointing because the COVID rate went up at UMass and all sports are on pause. So the minute women who are playing fantastic basketball and the the hockey team, they, they're looking good, too. So it's just sad to see that. We don't know the, the future of these of these teams. And, you know, all three of them are doing pretty well and could make some kind of postseason noise. Not saying that UMass is winning any national championship. That's not what I'm saying in basketball, but I'm just saying like, they could get there again, and it would have been, been really cool to, to see them. And I don't know if that's gonna happen anymore. So hopefully they can get back in, in the next couple of weeks and maybe make a little run in the A-10 and you never know, they can get to the bubble.
0: And listen, man, anything's better than their football team. Shout out to the U- UMass basketball team for doing exactly what you had hoped they would do this year. My last call is gonna be real quick. I just wanna give out a shout out to Mark Cuban who made headlines this week? Though it was something he decided a long time ago, with the news that he had decided at the beginning of the at the NBA season, in consultation with Adam uh, Adam Silver and the NBA, to not play the national anthem at the beginning of every game. Now I believe he did it later earlier this week, but at every home game up until this point, he hadn't played the national anthem, and nobody seemed to notice or seemed to be too upset about it. Um, It has prompted a lot of conversation about whether or not we need to be playing the national anthem before sports games. Frankly, I don't think we do, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, But good on Mark Cuban for doing that. I hope other owners kind of take notice and decide that maybe that's something they can do. Again, let's be clear, most of the time the national anthem's being played, we're not watching it because it's not on TV right? We're going to the bathroom. We're sitting on our couch. We're doing anything, but actually standing at attention like, the, like folks expect us to do.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I was just going to say, like, I mean, I tweeted that out right after the, right after the Anthem hit uh, finished. I said, so how many of you were standing at, at full salute for the National Anthem at home? Cause we know that's not, I mean, I didn't, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's not something that people do if you're right. not there, you, you know, so, um, yeah, I thought I, I thought I heard that they, they they now are saying that he has to play it because it's a long-running policy. I thought that just was
0: – Maybe it is. I don't know. I know that he consulted with Adam Silver, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But good on him for not playing it for the first, I don't know, whatever no, home I, games. I
1: agree. And, you know.
0: Hmm. On to the next one. All right, yeah. y'all. Until next time, we'll, sell it. we'll see y'all. Be good. Peace.